And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It's going to be another wet one. It's pouring down hard mm. where I am. How about you? Uh... Interestingly, we're in the same city, but no rain here mm, in mm, the uh, mm, central part mm. of, uh, I won't reveal where. But, <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, but it's still That's dry fine. for the moment anyway. So I think it's starting from the south and moving its way up, I guess. All right. Uh, be on the lookout for weather peculiarity. And, and honestly, so many changes throughout the day. I would say keep weather advisories handy just for the rest of the week. All right. Uh, so the monsoon death toll is rising while state audit and police probe has been launched into the deadly Chengju flooding. Let's take a look at the latest in that front. This is our first keyword of the day. Underpass flood. So more bodies have been recovered from the flooded Osong underpass. This brings the number of people dead or missing in recent downpours to 50. Is that right? What's the latest? Yeah, so uh, from the 13th, basically, to yesterday morning, of course, there was heavy rain all over the country. And this caused flooding uh, in that Osong overpass and uh, landslides as well, resulting in 41 people losing their lives uh, nationwide mm -hmm. and 50 if you include those uh, missing as well. Now, as of 6 p.m. yesterday, the, the death toll uh, from the heavy rain was actually 40. Later at 8.10 p.m., another body was discovered uh, in farmland near that underground road. Uh, there are nine people still missing uh, and 34 uh, odd people are uh, said to have been injured. Among the 12 people reported missing in the also overpass, the last person's body was found. And that's why the authorities mm. said the rescue operation concluded with the recovery of uh, the last missing person's body. Uh, through a search operation, the fire authorities found 17 vehicles that were waterlogged in the underpass that actually surpassed their previous estimates. So the damage was actually more extensive than initially thought. Um, in Yetan and other areas in North Kyongsang province, landslides caused severe damages to villages. Uh, and eight people, uh, uh, sorry, nine people are still missing. Mm. As I mentioned, the number of casualties, uh, of course, may increase because of that. The government is conducting investigations um, in the province uh, and also in North Chungcheon uh, and South Chungcheon and Cholabukdo uh, and Sejong as well. Mm. And they plan to designate these areas as special disaster zones, something that we mentioned uh, before, uh, to provide wider support. Um, and there's been some criticism that the authorities uh, were uh, responding a bit inadequately to prevent the underpass uh, tragedy. Mm. Um, and that's why police and the presidential office are investigating to determine responsibility. There's been some uh, blame placed on a nearby kind of makeshift levy that was nearby, right. uh, saying it was uh, uh, not really to par with the uh, safety standards and that's why it kind of you know uh, the riverbank when it overflowed seeped through that levee and that's why it caused mm. uh, the extensive flooding in that uh, underpass so mm. of course uh, a fa uh, fact-finding probe is underway to determine the cause and mm. to find out who uh, is responsible and if there was an indeed any negligence uh, involved and as you said the rain isn't over just yet today up to 200 millimeters of rain has been forecast for Chungcheon and southern regions uh, and between 10 millimeters to 100 meter, uh, millimeters um, for the rest of the country including here 
uh, in Seoul. But it does look like things will start to dry up from uh, tomorrow, uh, I cautiously say. But, uh, of course... <laughs> That is the forecast for the time being anyway. All right. Uh, President Yoon returns home, of course, first off was the scene of the disaster. It brings us to our second keyword of the day. Crisis management. So President Yoon has gone straight into crisis management mode after returning from his overseas trip, of course, to assess the damages from the heavy rain. What was said and what did he see? Yeah, so he really didn't have any time to kind of take a break after his trip. He was uh, straight in with that uh, green jacket to kind of assess the damage and mm. visit all these places. Uh, and that came straight after he arrived at Seoul Air Base. Uh, and he immediately received a report on the flood damage. After that, he presided over a meeting with senior officials at the presidential office to discuss domestic affairs, including the flooding, of course, which uh, took the uh, top of the agenda. Uh, later, he chaired a meeting on dealing with the heavy rain. After the meeting, Yoon visited uh, a county called Kamchan in North Kyeongsang province where landslides occurred to inspect the situation and comfort the affected residents. Um, the village suffered extensive damage with many houses and facilities destroyed or buried in mud. Um, and in that dream, uh, green jacket, he met with rescue teams to urge them to continue searching for missing people. Mm. Uh, the local mayor expressed concern about the situation as well. And Yoon assured the villagers that the government would help with recovery efforts. Um, he emphasized the importance of preventing accidents and being prepared for such disasters. Uh, at a senior welfare center, Yoon met elderly residents affected by the floods and promised to rebuild damaged houses. Um, and Yoon's visit was not limited to Kamchan. There might be further opportunities to visit other um, disaster sites. Now, meanwhile, as with the probe into the Osong flood, the uh, Office for Government Policy Coordination is also looking into uh, the incident on top of the police investigation. The government's investigation's uh, main goal is to identify the reasons behind the failure uh, to protect citizens' lives. All relevant agencies will be included um, in the uh, inquiry, that includes the police, the fire department and all these first responders. Uh, before the accident, two emergency calls were actually made requesting the evacuation of residents and help in the underpass as well. So there's kind of been questions and eyebrows raised as to why wasn't there kind of swift um, call to action when those two emergency calls uh, were made. Right. Uh, the office will gather data and all danger reports and subsequent actions taken by all uh, related and relevant authorities. All right, with that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Infanticide punishment. So a parliamentary committee has approved a bill to increase the punishment for infanticide and abandonment of an infant's body. Can you tell us more? Mm. Yeah, so this all comes after a recent spat of uh, kind of related cases uh, that has certainly kind of prompted some public outcry and calls mm -hmm. for tougher punishment uh, to be implemented. Now, the bill was approved by the National Assembly's Judiciary and Legislation Committee. Uh, the amendment will remove the specific offences of infant murder and abandonment, treating them as general murder and abandonment cases instead. The regulations regarding infant murder and abandonment were uh, established in 1953 after the Korean War, and they've actually never been revised since then. And that's why there are growing calls for legal revisions due to the recent crimes involving 
um, infants. The current punishment for general murder is capital punishments, life imprisonment or imprisonment for uh, more than five years, while for infant murder, it's limited to imprisonment for up to 10 years. Now, similarly, the penalties for general abandonment and abandonment with concealment of the body are imprisonment for up to three years or a fine of up to five million one, mm. and imprisonment for up to 10 years or a five a fine of up to 15 million one respectively. However, the penalty for infant abandonment is only imprisonment for up to two years or a fine of up to three million one. Now, this difference is because the amendment allows for a reduced sentence for general murder and abandonment uh, under certain certain, um, circumstances. Now, the bill will be processed in the plenary session of the National Assembly today, in fact, uh, and it will be enforced six months later after it's uh, promulgated. So we'll have to see mm. how the vote plays out in today's session. Of course, tougher punishment is is warranted. However, I do feel like maybe what we also need side by side is better social constructs so that, you know, single parents who are unable to keep the baby have safer means to have mm-hmm. the child and then to, of course, put him or her up for adoption. All of this mm. is still an ongoing conversation, a tough one that. Yes, certainly. All right. Uh, The inaugural meeting for the Nuclear Consultative Group takes place today. This is our fourth keyword. NCG meeting. So South Korea and the United States will have their first meeting of the Nuclear Consultative Group today in Seoul's presidential office. Of course, uh, NCG first uh, announced, it was first announced at the bilateral summit in April, I believe. Mm -hmm. Now it's first meeting. What can we expect? Yeah, so the meeting aims to basically enhance the North Korea denuclearization efforts through joint information sharing and execution plans between the allies. Uh, And yes, the so-called Washington Declaration uh, initiated the NCG to strengthen extended deterrence between South Korea and the United States. The ministerial level meeting will be held by South Korea's National Security Office at the US US, National Security Council uh, at the White House. Uh, Kim Tae-hyo from South Korea and Kurt Campbell from the U.S. will co-chair the meeting. The U.S. delegation will actually arrive um, this afternoon. Uh, Now, the meeting will discuss the NCT's operation system and related matters. Uh, During the meeting, they'll discuss joint planning as well as execution exercises and a communication channel for extended deterrence. Uh, The statement might be brief for security reasons, of course, but its contents are expected to be significant. Um, And it could also attract attention from North Korea and other countries, which will be keeping a close eye on it as well. And in relation to that, uh, Kim Yo-sung, the sister of North Korean leader uh, Kim Jong-un, who's been very vocal lately Mm. about um, the the North's kind of opposition to this uh, stronger alliance between South Korea and the U.S., emphasizes that the uh, regime's opposition to the strengthened uh, extended deterrence. She stated that even if the... U.S. strengthens the deterrent system or expands the military alliance. It would only distance them from their desired uh, nuclear talks with the North. So basically Mm. saying that uh, if this continues, then the North won't uh, be willing even more to be uh, to sit down uh, on the negotiating table. So that tug of war, the same narrative continues since the Yoon administration took office. And the mm. thing is, it just feels like the rope is getting tighter and tighter from both sides. We'll have to wait and see mm. if, if in fact, North Korea does respond. Um, we'll we'll wait and see. Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. 
grain deal. Otherwise known as the Black Sea Grain Agreement, Russia says it pulled out of the UN broker deal that allowed Ukraine to ship grain through the Black Sea to parts of the world struggling with hunger. It was a crucial deal that allowed export of Ukrainian grain. Once again, it raises fears over global food supplies. What's the latest, Anna? Yeah, so this was kind of a, a deal that was kind of a win-win for both Ukraine mm. and all these countries that are suffering from uh, hunger because Ukraine is a, a big uh, grain exporter because they will help their farmers and while also providing food for uh, struggling nations. But of course, uh, Russia was uh, a key stakeholder in that, uh, in allowing these ships to be um, uh, sailed to these destinations, but that is no longer the case apparently now. Uh, and the deal was vital to keep food, uh, keep food flowing from Ukraine to the wider world. Uh, but Russia claiming that its own food and fertilizer exports were being hurt by what it called hidden Western sanctions had already effectively strangled the deal before actually finally killing it off. Now, the mm. Kremlin eventually warned that it could no longer guarantee the safety of shipping in the northwestern Black Sea. Uh, Moscow had repeatedly threatened to walk away unless these sanctions they mentioned were removed. Right. And the State Agricultural Bank readmitted to the uh, SWIFT international payment system. Um, now, this time, the Kremlin uh, wasn't bluffing. Uh, Moscow rejected a compromise promo uh, proposed by the UN and the EU to create a new unit within the bank that would be allowed to undertake transactions related uh, to grain trading. This brought uh, condemnation from the UN um, and other nations. Uh, Russia's withdrawal from the agreement will not have the same impact, though, as its full-scale kind of invasion of Ukraine back in February uh, 2022. Russia's mm. kind of defect de facto ban on Ukrainian shipments meant that commodity markets had been expecting it to quit the agreement. So it's kind of been anticipated by a lot of the parties involved. And Ukraine has been readying a backup plan to get its grain shipments out without the deal. Um, this hinges in part on a $500 million guarantee fund to cover uh, any damages or expenses incurred by ships moving thr uh, through the Black Sea and in part on shipping more grain out through Europe's Danube um, river uh, as well. So, yeah, so it was widely expected that Russia will pull out. And right. so Ukraine does have a backup plan. So it won't be as devastating as uh, fears. But of course, right, right. Uh, it is a blow uh, nonetheless. Uh, it would rattle wheat markets, but perhaps not as severely as the last time we had a similar conversation because Ukraine, as you've said, had a backup plan. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's thorough coverage. As always, appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.